Unforgettable. That's what you are. Unforgettable. Though near or far. It's dark outside. I am Chris Pullman. I'm Gloria Ackerman, and that song makes me want to be dipped. <laughs> We're out of sour cream. <laughs> what? That's what you are—a <laughs> big, long, deep dip. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't dance. You don't dance? No. Okay, I don't dance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. So, this is Whiskey and Mash. Welcome. This week we'll be starting season 11, the final season. Season 11, episode wow. 1, Hey, Look Me Over. And season 11, episode 2, Trick or Treatment. We have two very memorable, I think, yeah. um, shows tonight to talk about. Mm -hmm. The first one, Hey, Look Me Over, begins with bugging out. But just the nurses were sent away, mm -hmm. and the doctors were there to fend for themselves, and um, not doing a very good job because they don't know what to do without the nurses. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Igor trying to be a nurse. There's Father Mulcahy trying to pray for the patients, but they're like, no, just hand me stuff. <laughs> While you know? being a nurse, yeah. And he finally says, well, God knows what, <laughs> what yeah, I need. Uh, well, I like it when they're packing up in pre-op. Clinger, you can't put this in with these. Why not? This is the box of medicine medicine. That's the box of not medicine medicine. What's the difference? Medicine medicine is anything you can swallow. So, you know, they just... And their whole filing system was that way. I think yeah. one was purple things. Or, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is purple things. Like surgical instruments and purple things. Purple things. things. <laughs> So it, it was um, the men trying to just deal without the nurses. Then the nurses came back, mm -hmm. and they got all new records for the jukebox, In which the is a huge deal, I yeah. think, at that time. Mm -hmm. Because oh, yeah. music is so important in all our lives, whether mm -hmm. we know it or not. I, I just believe you learn more through music. Oh, yeah. Well, and, it'll, you know, new music would allow you to dance. Anything it, new it, yeah. at a place that you're stuck at has mm -hmm. to be... Yeah good mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they're talking about they have lindy music they have slow music as your nat king cole song mm -hmm. was one of them um so at at the same time that all this is happening the nurses are talking about going out and but margaret finds out that she has an inspection in a day and a half mm -hmm. so grabs all the nurses says sorry you need to help me get this place ready for inspection Mm -hmm. um, they find out they have to work. Hawkeye's hitting on all the nurses except one, Kelly. Yeah. And he, it's kind of bothering her because I think she had maybe a little crush on Hawkeye. I would too. Who wouldn't have a crush on Hawkeye? Yeah. Anyway. Well, so. and, and I'll, I'll just, I'm sorry, but to put in my two cents, if not a crush, then at least the fact that he's hitting on every other nurse. And how would you feel if every other nurse is being hit on and you're just sitting there? And she was giving, like, little hints, and mm -hmm. he still didn't hit on her. Like, yeah. And he hits on everyone. So she's yeah. feeling, I think, badly. And, yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. the nurses are overworked and everyone's overworked. Mm -hmm. Kind of that's the situation, and we'll yeah. talk about what happens and how it ends. Um, yeah. As we go on, but those are those are the mm -hmm. two plot lines, three plot lines. Um, Let's see. There's, I, I think there's three plot. Well, not really. There's Margaret and her inspection and mm -hmm. what happens. She learns a good lesson. Yeah. There is um, bugging out and the nurses, and um, Kelly. No, the nurses bugging out really isn't one because they come back right away. So yeah. I think Kelly and the new music and the dancing is mm -hmm. the other one. So just yeah. two. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, 
Yeah, definitely a memorable one. For me, it's one... It, I think this would make my top ten. Um, because it featured Kelly. Yeah. You know, I mean... My goodness, she's not in the recurring cast guest stars, but she was one of the main cast yeah. in this episode. And I love that they did that. I mean... Was, you don't see how, that very often. No. Mm-hmm. How many scenes where the nurses were in camp was Kelly not in the scene? Maybe a handful? Maybe. Maybe. Her name's read week after week after week. And sometimes it says her name and then it says other nurses or something. Well, Does that's it? not what I meant. Oh. Okay. In this episode, so. when the nurses were in camp, okay. how many scenes in this episode oh, was, was Kelly not, not in? in? I think it's only a handful. Yeah, it is. I I know from uh, IMDb that, or at least according to this, she was in two-thirds of the episodes in the series. Okay. So 178 episodes she was in. This one finally featured Nurse Kelly. And for that reason, I love this episode, and it will have to make my top ten. And it touches on something I think is prudent today that, mm-hmm. you know, some people just are left out in yeah. certain situations. Mm-hmm. And well, and um, I've got to think that using Nurse Kelly was an intentional choice. Well, yes, because everyone else, she says it herself, they're six foot tall blondes. Mm-hmm. You and know, and she's not. She said, I'm cute and perky. Which yes, yeah. Which is yeah, but it, it's a very interesting choice, um, especially like right now in society, because oh, yeah. um, we have, so um, much. well, you know, there's this body positivity movement coming about, um, and I'd say that Ashley Graham, the uh, mm-hmm. quote unquote plus size supermodel, who's only like a twelve to sixteen, she fluctuates. Yeah, yeah you know, is kind of leading that charge, but. I think this is in that same realm um, of that kind of body positivity image, oh, yeah. or at least self-positivity image. And I think it's gone on forever, and mm-hmm. mostly for women, not for men. You don't hear Laurel and Hardy being made fun of, you no. know, or there, you know, there are some, Costello or any of them. No, there are some unique body image issues with men, but not nearly at the level that women have to deal with. I think they're starting to, though. Hmm. You see it's, a little more. It's a it's a beginning, but you look at men's health now too. You know, mm. see, uh, but they still have, and I hate to use TV, but there's always a skinny, pretty little wife. Yeah. And a big, Muscly, kind of. Yeah. You know. Well, and kind of a long-headed husband. I don't know. Yeah, I, I will. Um, as far as men's body image and we'll get back on track here in a minute but you know what this i think goes to the core of one of the reasons why we started this was to talk about the social right exactly issues brought up in these and i think that this is a very like i say a very poignant episode for that um and one we can relate to mm -hmm, so like there's some that issues unmatched that we just it's harder for us to relate to but this one is still poignant today and you know as far as men's body issues i will point you to uh, Golden Age Superman, like the original Superman as he appeared in the comics. He was fit, but he was not ripped. You could tell that he had muscles more so than, you know, Joe Schmo who worked in an office all day. <laughs> now, I could pull out from the, the comics that Laura and I get, I could pull out any Batman, Superman, Flash, whatever, and they are, yeah, absolutely ripped. They have like 0% body fat and just muscles all over the place. That is becoming an issue for men. That is what is expected, and that's unrealistic. It is unreal, um, yeah. Well, it's not, I mean, but look at the real men that are achieving that. There's even elderly, like yeah. Brad Pitt and things mm-hmm. that are getting in that kind of shape. Yeah, it takes a lot, a lot of, work. of work. And if you don't do it right, it's unhealthy, which is the same uh, thing with, you know, these zero Bulimia. or, like, yeah, yeah. negative size models. That's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, bringing it back to this episode of MASH, we see Kelly as the one who is the central character here being eschewed by Hawkeye, not just, like, you know, the, the scene where uh, Margaret enlists the doctors to help clean up 
OR, pre-op, post-op. Oh my gosh, you have oh. to watch this episode just to see what the doctors did to the OR. I, it was atrocious. That, I mean, it was, I can't even believe they walked out of that room. Yeah. Come on. They, I, I s- someone should slap them. If, if I was Potter, I wouldn't have let them leave it like that. No. That was horrible. Potter's one who walked out. Yeah, I'm sure that it was, you know, hyperbole. But still, that, that was atrocious. But, you know, the, the doctors are all trying to help. Winchester is scraping plaster off the cement but floor. But Winchesters don't scrape plaster. <laughs> Tell me, do Winchesters heal quickly? <laughs> he was scraping plaster. Yeah, but, you know, then we see Hawkeye going through OR, hitting on every nurse he passes, and then he gets into pre-op where Nurse Kelly is, and he says, what am I doing wrong? You know, maybe I just need to be straightforward and say, like, hey, good looking. Do you want to go to the, go, go dance with me? It would work on me. Oh, good. I'll try that then. And you he know, just, he's treating her like his little sister or something. Yeah. He just never looked at her with, and she says it. She's yeah. like, I don't have that look of, mm. you know, I don't have the, you know, triple D's and the. Or, I, I have a different... Well, if anybody does, she probably does. But you know, oh. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, she says you've never looked at... Or, yeah, I'm not that... What you described earlier, the, the height... Five foot, you know, seven blonde model. And he said, well, I just never looked at you that way. And she said, you never looked at me. And, and then uh, a very, very emotional scene. Where there is a guy that came in pretty uh, bad. Very bad. Oh, And Kelly oh. sat by him... And he was, he was saying, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, She's but, like, I'm here for you, pretending mm-hmm. to be Sarah, who he needed at this time. Mm-hmm. And he died with Sarah by his side, in mm-hmm. his mind. Yeah. It was Kelly. Yeah. But, and you mm-hmm. could just see the tears fall from her. It, and you saw her compassion. Mm-hmm. And, and Hawkeye was watching over that, going, mm-hmm. no, I never have seen you. No. Yeah, she, she screamed that at him earlier, but yeah, it... You know, it was a very well-lit scene. Um, there was a desk lamp next to this guy. She was there in the light with him, and then literally in the shadows of the rest of uh, post-op. I mean, it was night, but it was well-lit that way. Hawkeye was there just watching. And um, just just on kind of, a, I'll say, a meta level, it was a very interesting scene for me because Kelly's world at that moment was the patient. Mm-hmm. So her world contracted down to a single person. The only person that existed for Kelly was her patient. However, Hawkeye's world suddenly grew by one person. So that was a very interesting um, moment for me there. But yeah, you know, just that's a really neat way to say it because I didn't look at it that way. Yeah, and I can't even imagine the emotional baggage that these nurses. In, oh my gosh, how many times do you do that and someone doesn't see you? Yeah, you know? that, that they go through. I mean, in um, the last episode of the series, we see, um, uh, oh, I can't remember her name now, Broad Shoulders, Nurse, Taller, Brunette. Must be, <laughs> I can't remember. You can say Nurse Able and you'll get her. <laughs> well, no, it, she has a name because it was in um, the episode where Hawkeye goes blind. Oh, and nurse. he he feels her shoulders and yeah. goes, oh, uh, must be nurse. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it was her, and she just stands up and says, "I'm getting out. I'm not going to do nursing anymore. I just I'm done. I can't." And everybody, it, it's a very and I don't somber. That, so yeah, I'll have to see it. it it's I'm a somber done. moment, but I think it goes to this point where I I just can't imagine the emotional baggage that nurses go through when they do act in these roles as these Sarahs for people, these angels of mercy, and are just emotionally helping these young soldiers through. You know, we see a moment like that in the next episode for Hawkeye, but that that's helping a kid through an emotional crisis. That's not helping him as he dies. As he dies. And Nurse Kelly is literally there as this kid melodramatically throws his head over so that the camera sees that he died um yeah but yeah so much happened though before that like 
there was one of the things that beat our Hawkeye broke was the autoclave. Oh yeah. And they, he Somehow. said, okay, if I fix this autoclave, can mm-hmm. I go to the bar for the rest of the night? Can I get out mm-hmm. of duty for the rest of the night? And she's like, go out. Yes, yeah, Margaret. fix this. Because <laughs> he had it broken. He had broken it. I don't know how you break that, but he managed to get the door off the hinges. Industrial, right. like And hinges. he's trying so hard to do it with... The, I think he was just trying too hard. And Nurse Kelly comes in and tries to explain, and he still doesn't get it. And then she says, well, I'll just do it. You leave. I, I can partially agree, but we also know from other episodes that Hawkeye is mechanically inept. Well, that's true. There, there was the episode where him and Margaret were um, going to, I want to say, a first aid station. And, like, the, the Jeep breaks the Jeep down. The Jeep breaks down, yeah. yeah. I, what was that? Was that, um... And he... Couldn't. I think that was actually the episode where they end up Together? getting intimate. Yeah, but yeah, where you know she says, "For somebody so good with his hands, how can you be so mechanically inept?" So we know that he's not very good outside of a human body. I mean, there's a, there's a double but meaning there. But to watch his, to watch how he treated Kelly, like you said, little sister, which sisters, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think he was a butt. Like, it wasn't even, like, little sisters. It was just go away, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of. Like she said, you went out of your way to avoid me, you know. He promised her a drink for when you come tonight, I'll get you a drink. She sat back in the corner, you know, trying to plan how to Mm -hmm. go up to him. Which I, I just love that because when she actually approaches him, she does have this air of confidence, but she's, I feel... Like she is everybody when she's back at that table trying to work up the confidence. So I really, yeah. I really appreciate seeing that. But yeah, she does come up to him and 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 he had no like hardly any recollection. He only used the drink thing when it was time to slow dance. Then he's like, "Oh, let me buy that drink that I owe you." Well, why didn't he remember that drink he owed her before? Well, and yeah, because what he hit on. The nurse Igor was dancing with, and then even when he was dancing with Kelly, what was he doing? Looking at every other nurse, and as if to look right through her. And she noticed. That. Well, she noticed. Of course she did. And how do you think, I mean, that would just kill me if I were dancing with my husband and he was looking at all the other mm, women. To be fair, that would be a little bit different if he was doing that yeah, when you were Yeah, I'd but, but even still... You know, then what? Hawkeye's sitting at the bar during the slow dance. He didn't want to dance with her. He gets her a drink. And she's trying to have a conversation with him. And what does he do? He looks around at all the other nurses. Not even paying attention to no. her. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love Kelly. That's what I love about her. Mm-hmm. So even though all this happened, instead of just going to hide in a corner, which she kind of did because she took on extra work so she didn't have to be around... But she also faced the situation. Well, in a yeah. way, she was angry at him. And Hawkeye was like, why are you angry? Because she was, he was yeah. trying to joke with her, and she refused to. BJ comes in, does the same jokes, and she's mm-hmm. laughing. So Hawkeye pulls her out. What the heck? And I'll she, tell you. Exactly. That's when she says, you know, I, you <laughs> treat me badly, and I, I don't like it. My nose is cute as a button. Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> And I'm cute as a button. Yeah, and I'm cute as a button. And when you saw her with that man who was dying, it was hard not to see her as cute as a button, I think. No, I'm going to go further. She wasn't cute as a button. She was gorgeous. Yeah. Just. You saw her insides, not her outsides. And there was an inner strength and an inner beauty to her that. She has a true confidence. Yeah. Because she didn't approach him, like, feeling badly about herself. She mm-hmm. approached him feeling, this is who I am, and mm-hmm. I'm ding perfect. Not yeah. perfect, but, you know, yeah. I'm a pretty cool person, and if you don't she like is. it, it sucks for you. And Hawkeye finally saw that after that. Yeah. And, um, but it took it, a while. I, I like how, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what happens at the end Go when he it. gets yeah. schooled, but... Let's bring up the the other plot with okay, Buckholtz. Yeah, because that feeds into it. How do you say that other name? Garrel? Garrel? L.L. Garrel. What? The guy who she's... Uh, um, who's, helping, who's helping 
check with buckles. Oh, I didn't catch his name. Oh, it okay. says G R E Y E R on the okay, wiki. I so guess. Lieutenant Greer. Greer. Okay. Maybe. Whatever. Um, but, so yeah. Buckholtz is pretty tough. Yeah, Colonel Buckholtz, like basically nurse ex executioner of the nurse corps. And Margaret's complaining about her. I can't believe she's this way. And but she's then, driving, well, she's driving her nurses. We've got to get everything perfect. And that's one of the reasons that she gets the doctors to help because... Because, well, it was, oh my god. It gosh. was, a, yeah, they shouldn't have left it that way, but And yeah. to get it in the order she got it for Buckholtz to be there, it took a lot of work from yeah. everyone. Oh, yeah. And she always said, she kept using these words, I never ask more of my nurses than I'm willing to do myself. I think I heard that at least three times in this episode. And yeah, Buckholz was just, I'll just put it this way, such a nutbuster. I mean, yeah, you know, just, it's got to be perfect. And further, like Margaret used this a couple times, I do everything by the book. And Buckholz said, and what's wrong with doing it better than the book? The book. Yes. And Margaret was like aghast. Um, but then... I, I wish she had a picture to show her of the day before of what it looked like when they came yeah. back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're, they're, she takes a break. She's in the mess, eating supper, and is flanked by Charles and BJ. And um, she's just staring off. And uh, oh. Charles and BJ make some comment about, you know, Margaret, you're working your nurses too hard. And she brings up the, uh, the, the you know, I don't push them any harder. And I would. And they say, well, you know, Buckholz isn't pushing you any harder than she would. Look where that's getting you. Right. And then she overhears the nurses, and what do they say? They were talking about Buckholz and how terrible she was. And then, at the end, mentioned she's almost as bad as Houlihan. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That hit Houlihan. You know, between what the doctors were saying and this at the same time, I think yeah. it took both. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. if it didn't happen in this order... Mm-hmm. It, she wouldn't have caught it. Mm -hmm. um, she realized, you know what? I do the best I can. We work darn hard. We don't need to kill ourselves for an inspection. We kill ourselves for the patients, mm -hmm. but not for the inspection. Yeah, and I think, in my mind, this episode is the final, whatever I would say, like, hammer Where she's going to become a person. Yeah, you know, we see it earlier when... Uh, the, the, the episode, with episode. The, yeah, the, yeah, with the nurses where they the doctors sneak the one nurse's husband on and give them a night and all that and um and she is a lot kinder than she used to be mm -hmm. she really is but she does work them hard for mm -hmm. the doctors to say that yeah. yeah um but you know we uh so after that. The inspection didn't go as well as Margaret had wanted, right? And well, she wasn't sure. She didn't get the report yet. But, but Buckhold said, said, I can do it better. You mm, can do it better. Yeah. I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. If you would like me to re-evaluate, I will consider it. And old Margaret would have went to get her nurses and redo the whole room. And instead, one of her nurses comes up to her after that and says, Margaret... All right, Major, I'm going to go to the supply closet and reorganize it all and all the notes and... Nope. Why don't you just go to the OR or the um, officer's club? You sure, Major? She looked at her like... Yeah. Okay, what? is this a no. joke? It can't be. <laughs> and yeah. then you see Margaret in there having yeah, well, a few drinks. And... Well, and on the way, she encounters Hawkeye, who oh, yeah. on the way was going to pick up Kelly. Kelly. He brought... He was in his tux. Flowers. He brought flowers, and she, he gives them to her, and she just, oh, gee, that's nice. You should have told me. You were well, I thought we could dance. Oh, gee, well. And then hmm. overheard comes that um, lieutenant, lieutenant that Breyer. was with, but with with buckles. <laughs> she, he was with her. Yeah. Which, Gave her even a little bit more of a smirk on her face, like, yeah. sorry, I have someone now. And you could just see <laughs> Hawkeye's crest fall, and he's like, oh, oh. And uh, it kind of, I you, think, made him want her. Well, like, you always uh, <laughs> want what you can't have. Yeah, do you want your flowers back? No, no, you um, you keep them. You, you kids have fun. But then yeah. Margaret sees him coming through on her tux. Is there something happening tonight? Yeah. I just got schooled. Yeah. Or, 
Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I get, just got an education. I just got an education, yeah. And then, you know, she it's asks, and she mentions what happened with her, and he says, well, what exactly happened? And she stops and says, what exactly what happened, happened with you? you? Oh, never mind. Let's go. <laughs> and then she puts her hand on the old club door. How's your... Or he asks... How's your Lindy? And she says, perfect. But I can tone it down a notch. <laughs> and they go in and dance. I thought that was great. And then we get the post-commercial scene, where it's a few days later, Margaret has gotten her results. Right? Satisfactory. Satisfactory. BJ had to open them and look at them. And then my absolute favorite part of the episode is when BJ comes back to the table with Hawkeye with two beers, and what does Hawkeye do? Goes and dances with Kelly. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way he does it. And he, it's a slow dance. Yeah, he goes over to her, and um, just, what, he like, uh, grabs her attention, touches her cheek, touches his cheek, and then finger down toward the floor, twirls it, and it's uh, dancing dance. cheek to cheek. Yeah, it was it, uh, like you said. I think both these episodes that we watched tonight are in my top ten. Yeah, well, this is so I, I love them both. I, again, I this would be my top ten if only for the fact that they had Kelly featured because I, I, I and don't know I think why. I think it's important because it's another growth for Margaret. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I love mm -hmm. when you see character growth. Um, I, I want to bring up the point that you brought up while we were watching this. Uh, this was written by, it wasn't directed by, but it was written in part by Alan Alda. And what did you say about the significance of Alan Alda being the the fall guy in this episode? <laughs> um, you know, because I just said I I feel bad about this, and that he's just. Um, he, he's being such a butt to Kelly, and you said, "Well, you know, this oh, is yeah. probably a an Alan Alda episode." And yeah, um, and do you to remember? Put yourself in that situation where you're that butt, mm -hmm. but you let like how many actors would do that? Say, "I'm going to be the jerk in the mm -hmm. in the movie," mm -hmm. and then learn my lesson, get schooled, get mm -hmm. yeah, and. I think that's cool right there because yeah. most people would give that role to someone else. Yeah. When you, he took it on himself. Yeah. You be the fall guy. You be, yes. You know, give that to Klinger. Mm -hmm. Or back Radar had that, I think, once. Where you had to, yeah. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else on this episode? No, I'm trying to see the number, though. It's different, isn't it? Uh, I'll find it in a second. Oh. Uh, just to point out, the director was Susan Oliver. According, oh, I've never heard that name. Yeah, according to IMDb, her next and last directing credit would be a year later for the show Trapper John M.D. Uh, so guest stars recurring cast. Of course, we have, um, I, I believe it would be Kelly Nakahara as Lieutenant Kelly Amato. Uh, not listed in guest stars recurring cast. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's because she was a main cast member for this episode Probably an oversight on the wiki uh, uh -huh. Peggy Fury as Colonel Buckholtz, Deborah Harmon as Nurse Webster, Rita Wilson as Nurse Lacey Gary Grubbs as Lieutenant Grier, Sherry Saba as Nurse Sherry, Jeff Maxwell as Igor Straminsky Production code was 1G21 Writers, Alan Alda and Karen Hall. Director, Susan Oliver. Original air date, October 25th, 1982. This is this episode is going to go long because we, we took Sorry. a large... Huh? <laughs> it, we took a large uh, detour for that one and we probably will for this one as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to try and summarize this one up as quickly as I can... Season 11, Episode 2, Trick or Treatment. It's Halloween at the 4-double-7th. Everybody's dressed up and then wounded arrive, right? In addition, there are Marines over at Rosie's Bar who are getting into shenanigans and getting themselves hurt. Uh, we see people getting operated on, the Marines come in, and Charles, for some reason, keeps getting stuck with the Marines and having to fix their boo-boos 
while actual people are coming in from the field wounded. And Father Mulcahy once again saves a life. And uh, the, that scene, I kept nudging Laura and Ben who were watching with us to watch because... Look, look. It's th this, uh, at the at the outside of the episode, this big group of wounded come in when all the staff are getting ready for a Halloween party. Uh, let's see here. Hawkeye was Superman. BJ was a clown made up with all surgical stuff. His, yeah, his, his feet were hilarious. They were hot water bottles. <laughs> his honking horn was a, a breathing mask, which, as you might recall from another one of our episodes, wasn't invented yet, so that's interesting. <laughs> um, Colonel Potter was a cowboy. Big surprise. Margaret had a very provocative geisha dress, I'm going to call it that, that stopped above her knees and was slit on both sides all the way up to her hips. Um, Looks great on her. Oh, yeah. Charles <laughs> wouldn't dress up. He wasn't getting into it. Uh, he was on duty, though. Klinger dressed, was dressed in a zoot suit, a pinstripe suit, and it was either BJ or Hawkeye who said, Klinger, do you understand how many zoots had to die to make that suit? Uh, but everybody was, like, dressed up when the wounded come in. And it was such a rush, such an unexpected thing that um, one kid comes up from battalion aid because they had to back out from their position. That he came in with a toe tag. They thought he was dead. And they're like, what? We're treating the dead now? We had to pull out, sir. They just threw him on a truck. They didn't know what else to do with him. And we see him move his finger. And he's just treated like a dead man. You know, he's just... Someone cover him up. You know, he's pushed aside, covered up with a sheet, all this stuff. Graves registration comes in to take him away. And um, I'll save what happens till the end. But, yeah, a lot of surgery, a lot of uh, sharing of scary stories in OR, and a lot of Charles getting miffed at the Marines for taking away from serious business. Because <laughs> tell him what the first Marine oh did. God, and it was great. Uh, Klinger comes uh, in. It was, um, oh, what? Uh, Norm, Norm from Cheers. <laughs> Which, by the way, this was the last season of MASH, and it was the first season of Cheers during this year. Oh, really? Yeah, according to IMDb. So okay. he, was, he appeared on both. Uh, but, yeah, Klinger comes in saying a Marine over at Rosie's bet his buddies that he could put a pool ball in his mouth and then take it out. He was, he half, was right. half right. And Charles was like, I'm going to teach him a lesson. So he goes over and he, he, <laughs> he pointedly refuses to look at this guy's mouth. And so he has his six ball in his mouth and just keeps, you know, take a deep breath. Cough. Oh, you sound congested. <laughs> and then, all right, I'm going to take your temperature. Oh my! Do you realize? There's a six on your mouth. <laughs> oh well. Chris just touched his nose, by the way. You know, They're, like right on. Yeah. Because that's right what he nose. did. Yeah. Um, and it was great because uh, then Charles says, "Oh, well, there's another option," and pushes him over, and he's about to take the guy's temperature rectally <laughs> well you know there's only a few ways we can do this yeah could have surgery hey wait a minute this is a crazy thought what if we removed the pool ball <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll extract all your teeth <laughs> hey now friend don't get mad at me i wasn't the one who stuck a pool ball in my mouth we could use muscle relaxers, but that's the wimp's way out. <laughs> Think about this next time, because if I see you again, I will perform major surgery, whether you need it or not. It was just, that was my favorite opening bit with Charles, because he just, I, I mean, I understand that he was an actor acting, but it, it was just so great to see Charles pointedly refused to look at this guy's mouth to just keep this uh, 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 fantasy alive that he didn't know that this guy had a pool cue of a pool ball in his mouth. Um, I just, they had to get it in there. They must have done. I'm sure that they used some a small sort of trick. one. Yeah. Or maybe like blew it up after it was in his mouth and turned it or something. Yeah. Like, well, it could, yeah, it, it could be. Yeah. Hold on. 
something like yeah, that, something. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't show Oh, no. Um. Yeah. Um, and then what? You know, what was the other guy that Charles treated? Was a guy who said, uh, yeah, I tried to... <laughs> I got it from a fan. A fan. Oh, someone really enjoyed you? <laughs> no, Major. I bet my buddies that I could stick my hand in a fan and pull it back out before it cut up my hand. Oh, your buddies won then. <laughs> well, you have just answered the question of what is the lowest form of marine life. Um, but yeah, they were telling, the, the doctors and nurses were telling ghost stories in the OR. Uh, and as, as um, OR is going on, uh -huh. every time Klinger keeps coming in, and saying, more wounded. Mm -hmm. So BJ went out the first time. More wounded. Then Hawkeye went out. More wounded. And Potter went out. And more wounded. And Winchester went out. And, went, and that was the that Marines. Yeah. With the Marine. Because he dealt with all the Marines. Mm -hmm. But each time someone went out, another little story came up. About the... Something that happened. Yeah. And, uh, and two, you know, each time we saw the guy with the toe tag get pushed to the side a little bit more. Right. That's um, when they yelled, cover him yeah. up. But you know Potter what? Yelled that yeah. And you know what, Potter, uh, his ghost story was about his wife's uncle. I didn't um, tell this story. And, and the fact that she had a dream, or no, brother, a dream about how he sat on the edge of her bed and just sadly shook his head. And the next day, they she found out that he died of a heart attack. And then he call, she called her sister, and her sister said, it's bad news, isn't it? I had a dream last night that yeah. our brother sat at the edge of my bed and shook my head and shook his head at me sadly. So there was so that. They both. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye shared one about uh, the luck of the Irish, a ship that helped his uncle sail back into port on a foggy night when he was lost. But it the, sunk 20 years earlier. Mm -hmm. Margaret shared one about how somebody in her family, uh, there was a car crash and a death. And they took a picture of the car crash. And then when it was developed, there was the guy who died in the the suit that they had bought for the funeral. So in yeah. that suit, in front of the car. Uh, and Charles the whole time was just saying, "Oh, you don't really believe that, do you?" Which is important at the end. Um, and it just, <laughs> I think, you know, thinking about it now. You couldn't have had the ending that we had without those ghost stories. Exactly. Because it puts you in a, in a certain it, mind space. Right. Because, okay, I, I'll, I, I want you to sum it up because this whole time, Father Mulcahy, he's at a Halloween party with the orphans. Right. Um, trying to lift their spirits. He comes back. Exhausted, by the way. He's like mm -hmm. playing with kids. And I know that. You get tired. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he sees Hawkeye also exhausted. And he said, you had, must have had a night. And Hawkeye says something to the effect of, yeah, but we only lost one and he came in dead. Oh, and he was Catholic. Well, by the way, he was Catholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Where is go he? Go do last right. Um, they're taking him away, and he points to the Graves registration truck, and Father Mulcahy stops them and says, I need to administer last rites. And they say, well, I guess it's the least we can do for him, Father. And so then Father Mulcahy, you know, puts on his mini stole and gets out uh, the, the oil for the... Last rites. It was last rites at that point, right? Right. And starts right. doing they, in Latin. Now remember. This is before the Reformation, and the, yeah. Yeah, before Vatican, Vatican II, II, where it was still all in Latin. Um, and Tom could back us up on this. Mm -hmm. He's not here because this wasn't really a Father Mulcahy episode, but it was in Latin. You you would have known. I'm sure that any Catholic would have heard last rites at some point. In fact, some Catholics still believe in last rites, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's anointing of the sick. But, you know, you would know what he was doing. If, if you were the one, you would understand. This priest thinks I'm dying or dead, and he is giving me last rites. So that's what Father Mulcahy is doing. And what happens? A tear rolls down his eye. And we knew already he was alive because we saw his mm -hmm. fingers move. Actually, though, you didn't know. You know, you could have died. He could have died. But he wasn't. He was alive. And they, mm -hmm. and Father Mulcahy saw the tear and mm. then got everyone to come. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, it might have been a little more powerful if we hadn't seen the fingers move. But the way that they No, I think cut he it. needed that because you mm -hmm. knew he was alive. Mm -hmm. So this whole time you're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to bury him. Mm -hmm. And it was so very I, powerful. I was really watching Lauren yeah. and Ben to see yeah. their reaction, but they weren't watching. Yeah, but it, it was really powerful how it was cut because 
we don't see the tear until after Father Mulcahy just pauses and goes, Oh, dear Lord. He was just about to do, do the oils. Yeah, oh, dear Lord. And then they show the tear, and he looks up and calls for Hawkeye. And then um, we're in post-op. Charles is dressing down the two Marines again. And then we see everybody, um, I think, back in their Halloween costumes, or still in their Halloween costumes, gathered around this boy's bed. But before we go any further, yeah. we can't go without mentioning the other story of the boy. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, uh, because it took all these stories in mm -hmm. real life. Okay, you heard the stories, which I could see when Chester saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the oh. things that were happening in real life, a boy came in just distraught. He was so underweight that... They, he started to have arrhythmia. They um, said because, his electrolytes were lousy. Mm -hmm. So they were. They took a blood sample to see what he needed to get him what he needed most. Just, yeah, because he was yeah, and uh, Hawkeye talks to him in post op. Uh, because he tries to bring him pumpkin pie, and he's like, "I have to almost kill myself to get you this pumpkin pie," and he pushes it onto the yeah. floor. and he the, just, I, I love. The Hawkeye we see at that point. Because, I do too, because you know, he didn't get angry or... Yeah, he just says, hey, you don't just do that normally. What's wrong? Come on, it doesn't get better unless you talk about it. And I think he, at this point, this boy was ready and needed yeah. to talk about it. And it had been apparently a few... A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Um, but he relates how they he had been involved with uh, Heartbreak Ridge, which, by the way, happened September, October 1951. Technically, season 11 of MASH would be happening in 19... <laughs> late 52, early 53. Uh, but we already knew that the timeline was messed up. Yeah, but, that's okay. It's still real, a real incident. Yeah, and this is actually adapted, according to the show notes, from uh, something that happened in the hurting... Hutkin Forest in November 1944 <laughs> in World War II. They do that a lot. But um, basically, they were in. This kid's unit was engaged in a long, protracted battle. Just hand to hand combat, just horrible, horrible fighting. And then finally, it was over. They had beaten him back and had a reprieve. Their CO got them an early Thanksgiving dinner, and everybody was just chowing down. And this kid chowed down so fast that he got up and ran into the line for seconds. While he was there, there was a single shell burst. And everybody took cover. He ran back to his foxhole. And all his buddies were dead. Every one of them. And, and they he all... said, if I wasn't such a pig, I would be with him. Mm -hmm. I can't even look at food anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I could just... I... I just feel the pain in him. Mm -hmm. This kid did such a wonderful job. I don't know who yeah. the actor was. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. He, I, it was like I felt sick to my stomach yeah. when he said it because he was so good. I'm guessing that that must have been James Carroll. Yeah, James Carroll according to this, I think. And okay. Yeah, just fantastic job. Just mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. And, um... You know, Hawkeye, being who he is, just said, you know, I, I I, get it, you know, but if you don't eat, you're going to die. Um, I have this friend, Sidney Friedman. And what, the, the end of this conversation is what really strikes me. He says, I think he could help you, and the, the soldier says, no matter what that doc says, I'm never going to be able to forget, and Hawkeye says... He doesn't help you forget. He helps you learn. Or nobody forgets what happens. The secret is learning to live with it. And I, all I could think of during this story mm -hmm. is my father's story, where his best friend and him were eating soup, and his best friend got shot while they were eating soup. So if that. Well, wow. it was two feet over this way. It would have mm -hmm. been my dad. Mm -hmm. And it's the only story he ever told me from the war, and he told it to each one of us kids wow. differently, like at a yeah. different time, not yeah. together. Yeah. So, and I never, ever heard him talk about anything else. That was the mm -hmm. one time he told it. He told it to each one of us one time. Dang. You know, yeah. your fate. Mm -hmm. We're... 
where should you be? When oh my goodness. You, you know, so I, when I see this, it's so deep to me because I think, how do you live with that? Like, I, yeah. You know, I know Hawkeye said, you never forget, mm-hmm. but you learn to live with it and you have to. You, you have to move on and it's, you know, I think. And that was one guy. This mm-hmm. was all of his buddies. Yeah. And th- this is, this episode really introduced me to the idea, I distinctly remember it introduced me to the idea of survivor's guilt. You know. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen it so many other times in other war movies and just in life, too. Um, right. You know, just recently, um, something happened in my family where, where um, suicide came up. And it, it brought out a lot of stories amongst us about people we know. And I think that even occurs there. You know, this is survivor's guilt. What what could I have done? Right. So no matter what, whether it's just a random act of God or, you know, an intentional act by somebody, the survivor's guilt is yeah. penetrating to right. everybody. And um, most famously in my mind... Uh, Mel Gibson and We Were Soldiers portrayed this with um, the light Colonel Hal, I can't remember the last name, but you know, as he's leaving this battlefield in Vietnam, uh, his character is talking to this reporter and says, I'll never forgive myself because I survived and my men didn't. A lot of them did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think mean, somebody. Of him. And you know, even the doctors. Um, there's an episode in Mash where it's Hawkeye, Margaret, and Radar, and um, Hawkeye says something to the effect of, "A lot of boys didn't make it," and Margaret says, "What you said, you know, most of them did, and that's something we should be proud of." Right. But survivor's guilt is such a pervasive thing. You never, thing. you never think of your positives, but you yeah. never. Well, it's you never ever forget your negatives. Yeah, and they, um, they hit you harder. You remember mm-hmm. them more. Yeah, you know, maybe we're, there's got to be a way to look more at the positive and less at the negative. But there are books written about that. I know that. I do there, it. Yeah, oh, me too. We all live with regrets. And I think this is the worst because it's nothing you can really do anything about. No. You can't go back and say I'm sorry to anybody. You can't make it right in any way. And you didn't do anything you to didn't. make it happen, but you'll all, you'll, yeah. you know. By fate. Thanksgiving will never be the same for this person. Yeah. Ever. No. And I think it's going to change a little bit for Hawkeye, too. Yeah. Um. So, sorry. I just, <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. It, it's that it's thing where that line, nobody forgets what happens. The secret is learning. To live. I think that's so powerful of a statement in our own lives just to come away with and um you know no matter what you're always changed by life it's uh, uh to to quote james kirk out of uh i think it's the undiscovered country no the final frontier I'm trying to remember if that's star trek five or six but um, where they go to see the being at the center of the universe and uh, on the way Spock's half-brother tries to take away Kirk's pain and he says, no, my memories and my pain are what make me who I am. Wow. You don't forget. You just make it part of you. But, um, yeah. I love the ending, though. Yeah. That makes up for all the... I mean, because you do. You yeah. go through so many emotions in this mm-hmm. one. I do. You have to yeah. sit and watch it, though. Like, it can't yeah. be a background no. thing. Sit yeah. down and, and mm-hmm. put all your kids to bed. Yes, be present during mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Because then it'll touch you. Yeah. Um, one one gaffe here. You know, they're gathered around this kid's bed who they thought was dead. And they say, well, Father, you finally joined the ranks of the Lifesavers. And this isn't the first time that they've forgotten that he has saved a life before. Yes, he has. Because when they're answering the letters from the kids back home that Hawkeye's buddy sent, he says something about the dog that he helped save. That also wasn't the first life he saved. The first life he, he saved that we know of was the soldier that him and Radar 
went to bring back from Battalion Aid, where he had to perform an emergency oh, tracheotomy yes. and oh. stick the pen cap in the guy's throat. That was the first life that we know of that he saved, a legitimate human life. So, uh, And that was actually through surgery. So. Yes. You know, not just... I honestly don't think I could do that. I just don't. I, I, yeah. You really have to be a special person to cut into someone's skin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. Definitely. I would hope I could, but I don't think I could. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see here. What else? Anything else that you have? No. It was Pardon me. top oh. ten, definitely, this one. Yeah. Both I of these, even I say think. over the last one. Which is interesting because, like, I can think of so many other episodes where it's like, no, definitely top ten, but these two, I think they have to be for me, I, I, uh, yeah, for I for reasons that we discussed. Uh, only other other femme factoid gaff or whatever that I have. When Charles is talking to the first marine with the cue ball in his mouth, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, he calls him Private Moscone. But the but George Went is credited as Private LaRoche. Oh. So eh. uh, <laughs> there's something off there. And then something Ben pointed out that that one guy was Andrew Dice Clay, so Yes. Uh this was his first uh this was his television debut. Okay. Yeah. Uh speaking of guest stars recurring cast, we have George Went as Private LaRoche or Private Moscone, depending on, you know Pick a name, anything. Yeah, go with one. Uh, Richard Lineback as Private Scala, Andrew Dice Clay as Corporal Robski, James Carroll as Private Crotty, Herman Pope as the MP, R.J. Miller as one of the Graves Registration Guys, Arnold F. Turner as the other one, Arlie Reed as the Soldier. Writer was Larry Balmancia, director Charles S. Steuben, production code was 9B01, so actually... Season one from yeah, uh, episode one from this season was from last season. Yeah, this is this is this season. I was season. wondering why the code the numbers didn't change. Huh? There okay. you go. Original air date November first, nineteen eighty two. Since we are running long, I'll do a very short version of this. Thank you for tuning in. No matter if this is your first time or you're a repeat, if you want to stay uh, up to date with us, find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast application, or Stitcher. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. If you do the MP three thing instead, go over to narclaninc.com that's n-a-r-c-l-a-n-i-n-c.com slash whiskey and mash there we have linked mp3 versions of all our back episodes you can stream them or download them there also on that website links over to our facebook page or to email us here follow us on facebook every time i upload an episode there's a summary posted on facebook so that you know when a new episode is out thank you so much help us grow our audience that's the way that you can support us share this episode this podcast with a friend a family member a co-worker we would appreciate it i'm chris pullman and i am gloria ackerman until and next time have a good week whiskey a match there you go <sighs> i think ryan's still up oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i this is what we watch yeah. match for Yes. Two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's why we went. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Passion. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.